Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Love Ministry podcast. Well, we're just about ready to enter into December, and of course, December is about Christmas. So we just did one on Thanksgiving, and we decided to spend the next four podcasts actually on Advent, focusing on Christmas. Depending on what kind of tradition you were born and raised in, or once you became a Christian, where you started attending, <laughs> and for that matter, especially if you're a new Christian, when Christmas was only about Santa Claus and shopping and doing gifts for a day, that in a number of traditions, though, there is this thing called Advent, which means coming. Advent, we focus over the course of the month about the coming of Jesus and all the different events and words and things that led up to Jesus' coming. You know, I was saying to Pete that communion we have, you know, at the end of Paul's liturgy in 1 Corinthians 11, he says, do this in remembrance of me until he comes. And that we remember his death until he comes. Well, Christmas, we remember his birth until he comes. Advent is about remembering all the different things that were a part of his coming, anticipating his second coming. And in the various traditions, um, Pete and I were laughing that we were getting ready to do this podcast and realized that in his church tradition, the candles, there's five candles total, and the final one is generally on Christmas where it's the white candle and it's the Jesus candle. And the rest of them, three of them are purple, one are pink. The pink one generally represented um, the theme of joy. But you have five candles, and there are the four Sundays that you light each one of those candles leading up to Christmas Day, and the fifth candle, the white candle, representing Jesus. But depending on your tradition, those candles had a different theme, a different meaning, even maybe a different name attached to it. And so Pete rattled off that um, the candles meant hope and peace and love and joy. And so primarily focused on an emotion. But in our tradition, where we did it, they actually had names that had the idea of a theme, an idea, and an emotion attached. So the candles we're going to look at, because we're going to do four podcasts and not five, I'm going to mix the Jesus part in each of the podcasts. But what we called the candles were the prophecy candle, the Bethlehem candle, the shepherd candle, the angel candle, and the Jesus candle. And so this first one is the prophecy candle. And the idea behind it is the fact that God is sovereign. God has a plan. Only God knows what it is and periodically, prophetically says, I have a plan and here's what's going to happen and then it does. And what that would produce in us is a confidence in God, a confidence in his word, a confidence in his plan, and it would produce great hope in our hearts. So I want to begin with some really cool passages to me from Isaiah, things that God has said through Isaiah. The first one is Isaiah 44, 6 and 7, where I'm pulling the verses together as one thought. But what I love about it is that first and foremost, the prophecy candle 
what it reminds us, what it tells us, what it wants us to focus on is that God is the only living God, and God alone knows the beginning and the end. God alone, because of that, is the only one who can prophesy. He's the only one who knows the end from the beginning, who then can give us these little clues that he does, in fact, know that. So, in Isaiah 44, 6-7, he says this, This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty, I am the first and I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. Who then is like me? Let them declare and lay out before me what has happened and what is yet to come. Yes, let them foretell what is to come. <laughs> right? You just got to kind of like the attitude like, really? You show me any person, any God out there who can actually foretell what is yet to come, what will come. Before, in Isaiah 37, 26, he, he asked this key question. He says, have you not heard? Long ago, I ordained it. In days of old, I planned it, and now I have brought it to pass. Again, that's only what our God can do. Isaiah 46, 11, he says, What I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that I will do. So here again, these verses say that he has a plan, that he's in control, he knows it, he ordained it, and he's going to bring it to pass. But then I love this little sentence, Isaiah 44, 24 to 26, where he says, it's not just my plan, but I communicate it through my servants, through my messengers, the prophets. So he says, I am the Lord who carries out the words of my servants and fulfills the predictions of my messengers. Hallelujah, that he doesn't leave these guys in a lurch and make them look like idiots. I mean, you just have to imagine, right? What was that like to get everybody's attention and say, oh, God's telling me this is going to happen, you know? Yeah, right? But God's saying, look, I carry out the words of my servants. I fulfill the predictions of my messengers because they're not doing this in and of themselves. They are doing what I'm telling them to say. And then even in the Gospel of Luke, I love this, Luke 137. This is kind of like my theme statement. I, I've said this one time, Pete and I were chatting, I went, these are like the most important seven words you could ever memorize in one statement. But I love it because it's coming from Gabriel, Angel Gabriel. And, you know, he showed up to Zechariah and then he shows up to Mary and there's these moments when, well, how can this be? And Zechariah totally doubts. And he says, how can you doubt? I've been sent from the very presence of God. But then I love the last statement he says to Mary is, no word from God will ever fail. Did you hear that? This is so, so, so important. It's the title. It's the heart. It's everything. No word from God will ever fail. Never, ever, ever, ever. Well, then in Ephesians 1.11, Paul says, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his 
will. All of that to say, no word from God will ever fail. I carry out the words of my servants. I fulfill the predictions of my messengers. No word from me will ever fail. But then that leads us to the second thought is, okay, Lord, you have a plan. You speak it to us. You foretell it through messengers. You say it will never fail. But then it's the whole timepiece, right? <laughs> because then we all want to know, well, like when? Like how long? Even again through the angel Gabriel. Actually, it's this last comment to Zechariah. Remember when Zechariah doesn't believe that his wife can have a baby and so he's not allowed to speak. But his last word is he says, And now you, Zechariah, will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, meaning that John is born and you tell him that his name is to be John. He says, because you did not believe my words, which will come true. Okay, we've established that. No word from God will ever fail. But then there's this key statement, at their appointed time. The bottom line is, folks, is that God has the plan and he knows when. He knows how. He knows all the details. In fact, again, back to Ephesians chapter 1, Paul says, 1, 8 through 11, he says, With all wisdom and understanding, God may know to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, and here's the key line, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. To be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. There is a time, there is an appointed time, there is a time when all things will converge, when God will say, this is the time when things will be fulfilled. Which, guys, if you don't have it memorized, I'm sure you've heard it in bits and pieces, but you really need to own this text because this is what will spare you a lot of grief when you're waiting, when you're confused, when you don't get it, you wonder how long. Through Isaiah again, 55, 8, and 9, just hear the Lord's heart. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. In the end, folks, God is God. No word from God will ever fail. But God is God, and the timing is left to him. Well, then, Jesus does come. And what's so important is that, um, especially Matthew's gospel, it's about the time being fulfilled. I love this. It's actually at the end of his gospel where Matthew writes, In that hour, Jesus said to the crowd, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching, and you did not arrest me. But this right now has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. I mean, just recognize it. He's going, look, you guys could arrest me at any time, but right now is the appointed time, and he gets it. And he gets that the appointed time is not just the fact that he's being arrested to die for us, which he knew was why he had come. 
But he recognized the importance that it's fulfilling prophecy. Later in the end of Luke's gospel, remember when the guys are on the road to Emmaus and Jesus comes to them and he's in conversation with them. He opens up the scriptures to them and then the guys go back, they have a meal, the guys don't believe it, and then Jesus shows up at the meal. And then after he shows them his hands and his side, he finally says to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Okay, listen to this again. This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Again, 11 times in Matthew's gospel, he says something like, this was to fulfill the prophet. This was to fulfill what the prophet so-and-so said. No word from God will ever fail. And as we go forward in each candle, we're going to look at those specific prophecies. But to wrap up this first one, again, where the Advent is about the coming and that the coming was God's plan and that God's had a plan from the beginning to the end. He's the first and the last. He knows it all. Is that a huge part of our remembering that God... His word, his plan did not fail with the first coming of Jesus. It's also supposed to remind us and fill us with hope and confidence of his second coming. In Mark 13, 26, Jesus was talking to the disciples about the end. And he says, at that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels to gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Not even Jesus knows. Not even the angels knows. He's the one. His, his ways, his thoughts. He's sovereign. Luke writes, after he said this, Jesus, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken away from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. First, Jesus tells us that he's going to come back. But he doesn't know the time or the hour. Now, apparently these two angels say... He's coming back the same way that he left, but still we don't know when. Then I was reading this article, and I loved how it summarized that Jesus said he was coming again in Revelation. It says, four times in the book of Revelation, Jesus said to the churches, I am coming soon. In fact, I wanted to read the one in Revelation 22.7 where he says, Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. And I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Which again are awesome statements that were before only reserved for God. And now they're Jesus is himself declaring that this is who he is. The bottom line is Jesus said that he was coming again. Jesus said that he was coming soon. Finally, the author of Hebrews and Paul the author of Hebrews says in Hebrews 9:28, Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time 
not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. And then Paul says to the church in Thessalonica, Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Through Jesus, the author of Hebrews, through the two angels, through Paul, they are all saying, Jesus will come again. And I'm saying, along with Gabriel, no word from God will ever fail. As we remember Jesus' first coming, I pray today that your heart would be just so encouraged that indeed this will produce confidence and hope that whatever your situation, I mean, we're right at the end of Revelation. Finally, it says, the spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come. I mean, for a lot of us, it's like, Jesus, you could come today and, and that would like be really sweet. Well, it may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be a year from now. But no word from God will ever fail. God has a plan. He's working that plan. He's prophesied in the same way Jesus came the first time. Brothers and sisters, friends, beloved, we need to take heart today. Take heart. No word from God will ever fail. He will come back. He will come and finish what he started, and it's going to be glorious. So as you think about all the ways that God prophesied about Jesus' coming and they were fulfilled, let your heart now, let your heart now be filled with hope and confidence that this isn't some dream. This is reality, and it will come true because no word from God will ever fail. Love you, bless you, look forward to the next time.